When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. This is Jen, and today I have a very special guest uh, by the name of Kay Houghton, and Kay is a um, fantastic real estate agent with Keller Williams here in the Northern Virginia area, and um, I want to give you some background on her because it's pretty impressive. Now, listen up, because if you're working with realtors that have been in the business for two to, let's say, five years, and they're not doing very well, they need to listen to this podcast. Make sure that you pay this forward and you share it with, with them. Also, if you're new and this is the first time you're listening, welcome. Happy to have you here. Hope that you enjoy it and hope that you uh, can take a nugget from what we're going to talk about today. So um, after working as a national sales director, uh, Kay left her job to become a residential real estate agent in 2015. So now let's think about it. Here we are in 2018, September, almost September. Um, she's come into the market in a crazy time, but here's the best thing. She is quickly became a top producing agent in the Virginia, D.C. and Maryland area. And in um, 2016, she launched her uh, Kay Houghton and Associates. And um, now she is currently the number one real estate team in Southern Arlington, which is right out there, South Arlington, which is right outside of um, Washington, D.C. So now, Kay, first of all, Kay, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for our conversation. So I want to give them some statistics based on a conversation you and I had it a couple of months ago. Just sure. kind of give everybody an idea of, of who you are. Um, so you've been in um, real estate now for about three and a half years. And you started just like everybody else, um, you know, as a real estate agent saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, try this real estate gig, right? And yep. very quickly, you doubled your staff in one and a half years. Um, you went from your first year doing seven million and tw selling 24 homes, which, by the way, is better than most people in the first year anyway, which you and I are going to talk about. Uh, sure. You added your first employee, who's your COO, and you doubled the yep, income in 2016. Your, uh, production. Yeah, and then you added two more people in 2017, and you're on track uh, at that. Well, 2017, you did 27.4 million, and year to date. You probably have to tell me where you're at. I know you added three more staff people, so you're at seven seven people. You're on target for forty million. Uh, last Actually, time you and I talked, we've already done forty-five. Yeah, we should 45. hit forty-five. We're at thirty-two Excellent. million closed for the year since we talked. Awesome, awesome. So, you know, the thing about that, what we want to talk about today is building a team because, you know, the everybody who's listening to this to this podcast. Um, particularly loan officers, it's all about building teams these days. And I know that's a, a big thing with realtors. It has been for a while. 
Um, but the loan officers have just gotten on this bandwagon maybe the last four or five years, and it's a challenge because trying to find good people um, who you can trust and, you know, that your brand would be exemplified out in the marketplace and that, that uh, people aren't doing anything, you know, doing anything bad to hurt your reputation is really one of the challenges. So what I'd like to start off with is, you know, how, what did you do that is different than the average real estate agent who came to the market? How is it that Kay could take a business in three and a half years or take a real estate practice in three and a half years and make it into this really business? And I know you're going to talk about that, but how is it that you did it? Um, you know, so you're going to talk about that. And then I also want to piggyback on that is what are other realtors doing or not doing that don't allow them to do that so, or you know, grow exponentially like you have? so that the loan officers that are listening can take this information to them and help, hopefully help their, their business grow by doing a little bit of coaching. The realtors that are listening can take copious notes, right? So how did you sure. do it? And then, and then I'll make sure that we follow up with um, what do you think they're not doing? Because I'm sure you see a bunch of them running around your office. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I mean, it's a tough question to answer only because there's so many different things that we did differently, if that makes sense. Um, I think one of the best things that we did was to focus our efforts and be very, very mindful and specific in, I say our approach to growing this business, but I suppose in the beginning it was just me. And I identified an area where I lived in South Arlington called Fairlington or the Sherlington area, if anyone's familiar with that, and decided that I was going to work towards being, I, I kind of jokingly say like the, the mayor of Sherlington, you know, that whole idea of being a community resource, being part of that community, really making sure that, um, every single person in that community knew that you were there and you were available to assist with anything related to housing. So it's not just selling, buying, renting, renovating a home. It's also decorating. It's home repairs. It's needing a mover, needing a referral to a vendor. And I started out by with a mindset of wanting to be that resource and be the local expert and I think what happens with a lot of agents is, and also probably loan officers, is they come into this and there's so many different things that they can do that they try to do everything but without pouring everything they have into it. So I talk to people who say, well, you know, I'm doing some mailings and I'm meeting with some, some businesses or um, loan officers or trying to build some relationships. And, you know, I had this opportunity to pay for this, um, you know, station at the grocery store and I'm putting myself on these carts in Falls Church and there's this thing in, in Springfield that I want to do and they're just all over the place and there's absolutely no right. focus. So I right. think that yeah. is the, the first thing that I did as an individual agent to really build my reputation and to sell those first 24 homes. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's um, something I've been talking about for quite some time now is just niching to grow rich, you know, niche mm -hmm. to grow rich. I think that um, it becomes scarcity when people think that, you know, that they're going to peg themselves into one type of uh, product line or one type of um, 
sales structure, you know, that being a buying agent versus a listing agent versus a builder agent, right? They're so worried that if they peg themselves into that, that they're going to lose all kinds of opportunities when it's actually the opposite. So I think that that's, um, you know, you bring up a really good point. Okay, so let's talk about the first 24, though. Did you, um, are you from the area that you were able to call your friends and family? How, do, how did you start that process? Yeah, great question. And I actually am from Michigan originally, moved down to Florida for about seven years, um, and then ended up in the Northern Virginia area with my previous employer. So I had been in Northern Virginia for about three years when I started, um, but I wouldn't say that I had a particularly large network. But what I did have was a community. And I say that because I am very, very involved in the Sherlington area um, community resources. So whether it be the condominium association, I'm actually on the activities committee for my condominium association. I am involved in the animal welfare league here. I'm involved in um, the you know local business associations and very, very active on nextdoor.com and the community Facebook pages. So it really was a matter of me just announcing that I had made this change um, and, and people really responded. So I told everyone, you know, here's what my background is. I was very, very honest in that, you know, I, I just got licensed in real estate and there were some people who, were, who said to me, look at you just got started. I don't necessarily right. trust that you know what you're doing yet. I'm not comfortable working with you. And I had to respect that. But other people understood that even though I had just become licensed, I had um, experienced buying and selling homes in multiple states. I can't come from a real estate family. My father's in the industry. My stepfather's in the industry. Um, and I know this area inside and out, whether it's the models of the homes, whether it's the statistics on how quickly home sell. Um, I, I know my stuff. And so people really responded. And I remember I, I put kind of the call out in the beginning of 2015. Um, and I honestly, I think I had my first listing in January. And then I had another client purchase a home with me in March. So things did start moving. I mean, those first six months were rough. I think you know, I maybe had four to five sales in that first six months, but once we reached that July, August timeframe, we were just, and again, I say we, it was me back then, um, I was on a roll and I think we ended up closing maybe 15 to 20 homes just in the last six months of the year. And of course, that's when I realized I really needed help. And that's why in 2016, I brought Chris on board. Yeah. Yeah, and so now I'm listening to this and saying, you know, it, again, I mean, if we just go back to this, it's, you know, niche to grow rich, you know, the mayoral campaign, uh, it's the Brian Buffini process, right, being the mayor of the mm -hmm. town, asking anybody and everybody, you know, to vote for you, um, yep. <laughs> that's kind of what it is, and being out there. That's really what it, also I joke, I joke about shaking hands and kissing babies, I joke about it, but it's so true. People have to know who you are, you have to have a certain brand image, and you have to exude confidence. And it wasn't a false sense of confidence. I really knew that I understood the area and I had a certain talent that, that would benefit people in that area. 
Right, right. And so, um, so when you look back on, uh, so from from the perspective that mom, you know, you had uh, your father, your stepfather in the business. What what do you think that you brought from the business perspective of you being having been a national sales director for a major institution? So what kind of corporate um, corporate outlook did you bring in to you know start looking at your your uh, practice as being a real business? You know, because you had said to me before, I'd never set out to uh, become yep. a realtor who just does real estate. I set out to have a actual business that does real estate. Mm -hmm. So kind of bridge us into into what skills you brought in and what you were trying to do with this business that has now become, you know, seven seven employees in three and a half years. Yeah, and I love that question because you're so right that when I started this, I I knew I had a lot to learn, so I wasn't going to be launching this, you know, multi-state, 100-employee company right off the bat, but I knew that that's where I wanted to go, and that was part of what attracted me to working with Keller Williams. Um, was that they really believe that every agent should be focused on having, um, I forget what they say, it's like businesses worth owning, careers worth having, and lives worth living, something along those lines. And that really um, resonated with me. And I knew that I wanted to create a company, and I knew that I needed to kind of set the foundation early. And Keller Williams, um, if anyone's ever read the um, MREA, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, we call it the Red Book, they talk about the idea of building this 17-lane highway. So if you want to be somewhere and you know that where you want to be is a large corporate-type organization, you can't start with a two-lane highway. You'll never get there. You have to have a 17-lane highway to get you to where you need to be. So I think mm -hmm. that I understood um, the benefit of hiring talent and having good staff early on. It wasn't something that I was able to afford in the beginning, and I knew that I needed to learn a lot. My goodness, that first year, I definitely failed forward. I mean, you make mistakes, you lose business to your competitors, and you kind of figure it out. But once we did get rolling, I realized that that's where the talent comes in because I just, I might have a certain skill set, but boy, am I lacking in other areas, um, one of which being technology, web design, marketing. Oh, my God, marketing is so important and it is just not my thing. Attention to detail, systems, database, setting up, um, and monitoring or maintaining our CRM system, things like this that are just so extremely important. You know, database, we could have a whole conversation just on how important um, having, right. maintaining your database is, mm -hmm. and those just weren't my skill sets. So I knew mm -hmm. early on, I think, you know, I had read a book, um, I'm forgetting who it is now, but it basically talks about how the, the best thing a CEO can do is surround themselves with people who are more talented than they are. Um, so that's where I, re mm -hmm. I decided, you know, early on that I was going to take every single resource or dollar that I made and pour it back into the company, which did make the first couple years a little rough. Um, but it was important that I, I pour resources back into the company. We actually ended up purchasing um, several licenses for Salesforce.com, which is a very expensive CRM. But I knew that we had to have that database management. Um, we also poured a ton of resources into marketing. Again, it's the whole mayoral campaign. If we were going to be known in that area, we had to have a presence. 
And then I poured a ton of money and resources into hiring. Um, Chris came on in 2016, but in early 2017, I hired two additional employees. And this may be a, a whole nother conversation, but, you know, I'm not just hiring people at a 20 to $25 an hour. You know, these aren't college students looking to make a couple dollars during the summer. These are professionals who are very good at what they do, and there is a cost to attract that kind of talent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you and I talked about this as well. I mean, this is something that, that we talk about. Um, and so this might lead into some of, you know, what other realtors aren't doing, right? Or, or even loan officers that are listening. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, I have business owners too, so it just doesn't matter. But, but um, you know, the thought, the thought process of hiring someone for, you know, and I think I used the example of $50,000, you know, which might be a little less than what you're looking for for this professional, but hiring someone for $50,000 and recognizing that you're not paying $50,000 today. You're only yep. paying a portion of that, right? And you and I had talked about um, my employee escrow account, you know, that whenever I was getting ready to hire someone new, I would have three months of their salary saved because I knew yep. that during those three months, yep. those 90 days, I would be uh, training them. They would not be producing, not sort of holding their, their weight because they were learning me, learning my process, even if they had experience in the industry um, with the intent that after the 30 days or after the three months, they would begin to produce and uh, help double the income. And that's exactly what happened with you, uh, with Yolanda mm-hmm. and Doug, when you brought them in in 2017. Oh, it happened with every hire, and I'm hoping it continues that way. So with Chris, we went from, um, and again, these numbers are estimates because the, yeah. the numbers change depending on what report you're looking at. But let's say it was $7 million that first year. He and I did somewhere around $16, $17 million that second year. The last year, somewhere around 28. And then this year, you know, we brought on, because obviously it's harder and harder to double your business the bigger you get, Um, We did bring on three additional employees, and you have to remember that, especially considering the fact that we hired these three people in July, they're not exactly producing just yet. Do I think that we probably would have hit 40 to possibly even 45 million with just the four staff that I had? Sure, but again, I hire for where we're going, not for where we are, so I wanted to bring on those people now so they could get trained and they can get acclimated. And we sat down, I actually have a business coach, which I think was the, I was so resistant to coaching. I really resisted it forever. And so many agents um, at Keller Williams said, you have to get a coach. If you're doing all this hiring, you don't know what you don't know, get a coach. I finally did. I've actually tried to fire him twice. He won't let me. That's how (laughs) resistant I am to um, taking his advice, but He's been great, and our goal for next year, and I feel very confident in this goal, is $62 million. And again, I wouldn't be able to get there if I didn't have these seven people on staff. Is it costing me money to have those people on staff now, even though they may not be producing? Sure, but look at where we're going to get to next year. And to your point, I don't have to have their annual salaries. I have to have a few months of their salaries. And if it turns out that they're not the right fit or they're not producing, then we part ways. Um, you don't have to come up with those funds to support someone in the beginning. I love the idea of the escrow account. You just have to have enough to figure out if they're going to be the rainmaker that you need. Right, right, absolutely. 
Absolutely. No, I love that. I love that um, analogy. Now, so how do you think it is that you've been able to hire these these people? I mean, what is your hiring process? Um, you know, because when people look at, uh, and I'm, I'm leading in this question here, because when people look at a high-producing team and a successful team, they just think everything's perfect, everything's yep. perfect. So tell, tell us, you know, what is, what is your hiring process? Is it, you know, and of course the old adage of slow to hire and fast to fire, right? Yeah. But, but is there something that you do that's different that's allowed for you to keep the consistency? Because I think that's one of the things that I see in the mortgage space is the inconsistency of hiring and firing and hiring and firing and, and yep. sort of being... Um, you know, scattered. I like. I have to have somebody, so I'm just going to hire them, and I don't care if they're the right yeah. person or not. So no, and you, you, talk you a actually bit ask about that. Sure, and you ask about you know you what are the mistakes that you see other people make, and I see this all mm-hmm. the time that people say, oh my gosh, I'm so busy this season, I just need someone, and they'll literally find a client's uh, like daughter or um, their neighbor who's home from yeah. college mm-hmm. and just needs to earn a few bucks. And they think that that person can fill in, but a lot of times it actually does more harm than good. I mean, we are all, Mm -hmm. we we need to hire professionals. And that is one mistake I think a lot of agents make is not hiring professionals. They don't really value the administrative positions. And it's really a shame because you cannot get ahead without administration or without people in administrative positions. That is just absolutely like the lifeblood of a, um, a well-functioning team, but I think that, you know, as far as hiring is concerned, and I promise that this is not a a, um, pro Keller Williams recruiting call here, but I will say that their program, which is called Recruit Select, I have taken it multiple times, and we have people that attend that are not agents. We have loan officers, we have people in the title world that come to these trainings, and they're all over the country. Um, and anyone can reach out to me or can visit the, the local KW websites to find out when the next training is. But they literally take you through step by step um, how to hire. And people ask me all the time, you know, why were you so good at finding people? Because we haven't had any turnover. I mean, we haven't been in business that long, but we haven't had any turnover, everyone's really happy, loyal to the team, loves being there, and other teams in the office see that. Um, you know, those of us who have been in, or those on the call who have been in the industry longer, they see that it's just a revolving door on other real estate teams. And I really, truly believe that everyone on my team now will be there five years from now, and I hope they're there 10 years from now as we continue to build opportunities. Um, but Keller Williams, they, they take you through a very specific methodology on what questions to ask, how to kind of read between the line, how to do what they call going deep on references. You're not just calling the references, you're calling the references to ask for references. Like who else should I be talking to? There's just all these little like nuggets of information that they give you that, that I had just never heard before that really changed my approach in identifying candidates and then kind of weeding out who I thought would be good and who I thought wouldn't be good. I can actually tell you that there's several people on my staff, I won't use their names, who I just was really unsure about because I tend to make decisions based on my gut feeling. So I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I'm connecting with this person. I don't know 
if I have the gut feeling because I was almost treating it like I was interviewing for a friend, you know, not interviewing for an employee to take over a vital part of my business. But you need to take personalities out of it and really look at the person's skill set, look at their references, look at historically what they've done, and then make sure you're asking the right questions. And that training just changed my life. The follow-up training to that is something called 30-60-90, and this is something that I absolutely have not mastered yet. I'm actually going to be taking the course again for the third time, but it's, it's basically what do you do in the first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and what are the benchmarks, what are the milestones to know whether or not this person is a fit? So like you said, you, know, you set aside three months of salary, you get them on board, does it stink if they're not the right fit? And you just wasted two to three months salary, sure, but isn't it better you found that out now than waiting a year? Right. So yeah. luckily I haven't been in a situation where anyone hasn't been a fit, and that's you know, proof that that recruit select process does work. But, I mean, people ask me all the time, what did you do different? And I tell them, you know, it's not that I'm special or that I just know how to hire really well. I've learned from other people. And I try not to make the mistakes that other people have, and I try to follow the successes that other people have. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's wonderful. Okay, so, yeah, that's really cool information, um, especially if it's open up to other people. I mean, that would be something that would be really helpful for loan officers. So we'll uh, make sure that we get a link in the show notes to make sure that anybody could, you know, try to sign up um, try to find a national version, you know, of it. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's um, really critical. I think the other thing I want to make sure that you talked about is that um, the uniqueness of your team is that, you know, your words were that we have this sort of ragtag team of misfit toys that seems to work really well together because you've been able to learn how to do that recruiting. Um, You know, and that, well, I shouldn't say it's recruiting, but it's also hiring. I mean, it's a little different than recruiting, but yeah. Yeah. Um, hiring that you had. So I think that, um, that's a, awesome. Yeah, no, I, so now, I love how, that. that how are, yeah, yeah, I, I do love too. The that. Like, my, mom, my mom actually came up with that. She was like, you know, I feel like your team is just, you're kind of like, I don't know if any of you watched the old, I think it's like the old claymation videos from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. You're like yep. the misfit island toys. of misfit toys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's, there's a reason yep. no, for that, which I'll awesome. go into, but but I'll let you finish your question because I think I cut you off. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's okay. I was just, no, I was just going to um, comment on the fact that, you know, every, everybody doesn't have to be perfect, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. um, that's something that you, you know, you know, and I have talked about too, is just, it's not, um, it's not important that everybody is perfect. You know, there is long as it's a conducive team and, you know, you're getting, you're all working toward and they have ownership of um, your goals. You know, that's, yep. that's critical. So, yeah, what did you yeah. want to say about that? Well, just that, and when we say this kind of, you know, this ragtag team of misfit toys, I mean that because I think a lot of people on my staff may have been overlooked for other positions just because they weren't necessarily given the opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. And there's various reasons why I say that, but there's just, you know, people get overlooked sometimes. And again, through that recruiting process, which was something I learned, this wasn't just something I naturally knew, I really dug deep on what people's motivations were and what talents they truly had. 
And for me, starting a new business, I knew that, you know, if I were, was looking for um, like someone, for instance, like with Chris, he is our database administrator. And for those of you who use salesforce.com, you know that literally companies pay a person to just be a Salesforce administrator. This is like a $100,000 a year job. Yeah. Um, but I needed someone who knew enough about database administration that they could do it, but who also knew enough about operations, who knew enough about human resources that they could literally help write our man manuals and get us set up with company healthcare and blah, blah, blah. And finding people who are multi-talented can be really difficult, um, but I was looking for people who had a lot of different experience. And I think some people might get overlooked because they didn't have a very specific career path. Um, so in other words, everyone that I hired might have bounced around just a little bit, kind of looking for the right fit themselves. But I didn't see that as a detriment. I actually saw that as a benefit. I'll just, I'll call Chris out. You know, he's been, he was with Burke and Herbert. He worked for MBH. He worked for KVS. He worked with another real estate team. Um, but I saw this kind of breadth of talent and experience. I look at even Steve Carlozzi, who came on to the team as an agent. He just came on in July. I mean, he worked on Wall Street. He was in the mortgage industry as a lender. He worked in hard money. He um, worked as a title agent. He's just done a lot of different things. And the same thing with Yolanda. She worked with multiple different teams, not really finding the right fit but she had so much experience in event planning and marketing and doing the contract to close. Because remember in the beginning, you just don't have the final financial resources, nor do you actually have the business to have one person doing each job. You need one person who can do six jobs. Now we're getting right. to the point where we really need one person who's contract to close, one person who's a listing coordinator, one person who's marketing. But in the beginning, it wasn't that way. So we really, we needed people who were extremely talented, but maybe hadn't quite found their niche in the past. And that may have worked for me. It might not work for everyone, but that style of person or that kind of experience really worked well for my team just because we were growing and we needed people who were, could just be very, very flexible and take on challenges. Right. Yeah, that's actually how I grew mine. Um, and really willing to, you know, do everything for now until we could identify mm -hmm. what their, what their, um, I was going to say their unique selling proposition, but it's not. But their, uh, what they, what they do best, right? Identify yeah, exactly. what they do what they, best. What they so, want to specialize in. Yep. Yep. So for now, you get to do data entry, and, and we may find that that's not what you want to do. It might be something you don't want to do, but you have experience with it. And for now, it's helpful if you can do the data entry until we can get you to the point where we can do more events, you know, if yeah. that's the case. So I think that's great. All right. So let me ask you another question. So, you know, how do you expand your professional growth? What do you do to um, make sure that you're looking forward? And I, and I love your comment about you know, that you're, you're hiring for where you're going. It's called, you know, follow the puck, right? Yep. Uh, follow the puck, go, go to where the puck is. And, you know, um, so how are you, you know, growing yourself and what does the future look like for your team as you continue to expand? Yeah, well, gosh, I mean, it's funny. My first year in real estate, I actually won the award for student of the year and I've kind of just never lost that mindset. I mean, 
it goes back to something I said earlier where you don't know what you don't know until you, someone yeah. tells you or you figure it out. I mean, you can think you have it all figured out, but sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. So I just take as many classes and trainings as possible. I mean, I, I literally, I still go to contract classes just to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm up on whatever's happening with the contract. I mean, I've sat and talked through the sales contract or the buyer paperwork or the listing paperwork, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, but I still go to all the trainings. Um, now that's kind of, you know, rudimentary um, elements of real estate Especially beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond that, yeah. I mean, the trainings, like I said, with growing your business and expanding, um, I take courses all the time. Having a business coach has been so good for me because he actually is constantly saying, you need to read this book. You need to go to this training. You really should listen to this webinar. And it just helps to hear from other people as to what they've done right and what they've done wrong. Again, you know, my mom always says you can learn from other people's mistakes or you can go ahead and make those own mistakes yourself. Um, I would much rather learn from other people's mistakes versus making them myself. So that, that's what I try to do. Um, I think that, I, I mean, I will say that my employees have taught me so much. This is another reason why I know I've made the right hires is because they are constantly pushing me and challenging me. So they're coming up with ideas. They're coming up with things that we should do and ways that we should expand the business. And I have to step back and say to myself, gosh, you know, that's a really good idea. Again, that whole, I didn't know what I didn't know. That's a really good idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Right. Let's explore this and let me figure out what training I need in order to lead us in that. Um, because leadership is just, it's not something that you just have or you don't have. Um, you have to go and learn how to lead your team through different situations. And I know that, that we have another potential um, call together to talk a little bit about building strategic relationships and identifying um, strategic partnership or business opportunities. But there's quite a few things that we've identified recently that we want to do, um, which I'm going to have to go out and kind of learn how to do it. So I think it's really staying open-minded, yeah. realizing that you don't have to, you know, your staff isn't going to think any less of you if you say like, gosh, I've just never done that before. Let me go out there and figure out how to do it and what we need to know. And I'll come back and make sure that we're prepared. I don't think anyone's going to think less of you. I think they actually respect you more for not just saying, you know, I got this when really you have no idea what the next step is. Right, right, right. That vulnerability that we, we always talk about as a leader, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of um, respect that's gained, you know, from being vulnerable as a leader. You don't have to be the know-it-all, you know. Well, listen, yeah. I'll tell you, Kay, it's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to get you back on again. And, you know, we'll talk about these strategic relationships because it's something that uh, you and I had a chat about. And, um, you know, we just really appreciate you taking the time, especially at a busy time of the year. And if someone wanted to reach out to you, how, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, honestly, I joke about my telephone number. You can't lose it. I can't believe I got this number. It's 703-CALL-K. Would you believe it? I actually got that yeah. telephone number. Um, <laughs> and anyone can call anytime. I, I really love sharing ideas with people and learning from them as to what's working in their business as well, whether it's 
lending or whether it's um, title work. Um, also our website. So my email address is K-A-Y, which is my first name, K, at my initials, K-H, associates with an S, dot com. The website is K-H, as in my initials, K-H, associates, dot com. And we really appreciate feedback. Um, I know on these calls, sometimes it's hard to get into the details um, on some of these topics. So if someone has a really specific question, like where did you actually find people to hire? What online tools did you use? Call me up, I'll talk to you about it. Um, we've had a lot of success with Indeed, I will just say that. But again, I think that we could dive much deeper into some of these topics one-on-one -on -one if anyone wanted to chat. That's awesome, thank you for offering that for people. I really appreciate that too, because now everybody listening now, we don't want 14,000 people calling Kay. We won't yes. be able to get her. <laughs> Maybe reach out to her. Unless, on, you're, all, on, unless uh, you're all buying and selling homes, and then you can call Kay all the Right, right. Well, then that would be good. 14,000 14, families helped. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's been a pleasure, Kay. Thank you so much. And I just want to say to my community again, thank you so much for listening in. And please be sure to share this podcast with anybody in, um, the, in business, you know, whether it's lending or real estate or um, partners that you have, or people in your B&I, people in your uh, chamber. Anybody mm -hmm. who um, is listening in on business can learn um, something about, you know, uh, any one of these topics that we've been sharing here for the last almost three years. So thank you again for listening in, and we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's Lifetime Membership Program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.